This is Stanley bringing you the sound doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted sound doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. The talks of these seminars are now made available to you in segments of 10 to 15 minutes each. They are for your enlightenment and edification. We continue from what we saw in the previous segment. The subject of this afternoon is prophesying. Prophesying is one of the most important manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Basically, a prophet is the mouthpiece of God. God was speaking in various patterns and methods. But the primary human channel by which God was addressing or communicating to his people was through prophets. Now we are going to look at the modes by which they receive the message of the Lord. There are two principal ways how prophets had received the message of the Lord. Some of them received it by seeing the vision of God. Others received the message of God but hearing the words of God. Two modes of receiving messages by the early prophets, either by seeing or by hearing. We look at seeing prophets. Isaiah was essentially a seeing prophet. Verse 1 of Isaiah 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. The vision which he saw. You know the emphasis is on that mode of communication. Now, when you look at Ezekiel, Ezekiel also was a seeing prophet. Verse 1 and 1 of Ezekiel. The heavens were open and I saw visions of God. So he was essentially a seeing prophet. Now, if you look at Amos, First chapter, first verse again, you know, in the very first verse itself, they tell how they received the message. The words of Amos, who was among the herdsmen of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel. So these are some of the examples of prophets who received the message by sight. Now we will look at some prophets who received the message by sound. That is by hearing. For example, Jeremiah. First chapter. Ninth word. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And he said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. So he was a hearing prophet. It was through sound that he heard most of the messages of God. Another example for hearing prophets is Hosea. First chapter, 
first verse the word of the lord came to hosea the son of beeri it was a word that came to him it was not a vision that he saw primarily but it was a word that he heard very next verse also says that when the lord began to speak by hosea the lord said to hosea you know the communication comes there having looked at these two modes of communication to the old testament prophets i want you to look with me at the basic differences between the old testament prophets and the new testament prophets if you don't know the difference and maintain the difference there will be utter confusion in the operation of this gift of prophecy in the old testament prophecy was essentially to the people of god it was to israel it was to one particular nation but when you come to the new testament it is not to one nation but it is to all nations or the church of jesus christ which is composed of people from all the nations of the world who are made into a holy priesthood and the second basic difference between the old testament prophets and the new testament prophets in the old testament prophesying was an individual's ministry an outstanding figure will stand up he will be taller than anybody else in the congregation and he becomes a prophet but in the new testament it is not the ministry to an isolated individual primarily the gift of prophesying for the entire church for all the people of god that is actually the fulfillment of the vision of that great prophetic leader moses of the old testament turn with me to numbers 11th chapter look at the 17th verse god told him i will come down and talk with you there i will take of the spirit that is upon you and put the same upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone verse 25 then the lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took up the spirit that was upon moses and placed the same upon the 70 elders and it happened when the spirit of the lord came upon them that they prophesied although they never did so again but two men remained in the camp one was eldad and the other was medad they remained in the tabernacle but they were prophesying in the camp but joshua was very upset because he thought it was not proper to do so and what did happen joshua the son of nun moses assistant one of his choice men answered and said moses my lord stop them then moses said to him and what he said was the vision for the new testament prophetic ministry 
Then Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. That yawning and the desire of Moses got fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Now turn with me to Acts of the Apostles, second chapter. You know, now keep in mind that I was always talking about progressive revelation of any doctrine from the Old Testament pages to the New Testament. Come with me to Joel, second chapter. What did Joel say? How did Peter quote it? It shall come to pass 17th words in the last day, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. It is not just on Moses or Elijah or on Joshua or 70 elders. On all flesh. No distinction. Not on a selected elite so-called clerical group in the church. No. I will put my spirit upon all the flesh. What will they do? I will put my spirit upon all the flesh. What would be their immediate manifestation? They shall prophesy. That's what began to happen on the day of Pentecost. I believe in the priesthood of all believers. I also believed in the prophethood of all believers. All believers, when they are anointed by the Holy Spirit, they have the potential ability to prophesy for God. Did you notice something when Peter was quoting Joel on the day of Pentecost? Turn with me to the book of Joel. There is something very interesting which you should not miss to take note of. Joel second chapter. From verse 28 to 32. Afterward I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Then dreams. Then vision. And also on my men servants, on my beach servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's all Joel said. But Peter added something when he quoted Joel. You know what he said? If you look at verse 18 of Acts 2nd chapter. On my men servants, on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. As far as Joel was concerned, that stopped there. But Peter adds one thing here. And they shall prophecy. This is not just by chance or by some clerical or scribal error. There was a prophecy in the Holy Testament. Now there was a fulfillment. 
when the fulfillment was there there needs to be a prophetic interpretation so peter was filled with the holy spirit in the first instance he said your sons and daughters shall prophesy and the end of the list he again says and they shall prophesy if you are a child of god anointed by the holy spirit in the strict new testament sense you are a prophet of god for this generation when there is a congregation of 100 people according to joel the holy spirit comes upon them they begin to prophesy what are they going to prophesy you think all the 100 of them are going to foretell some event no what is the prophecy they will do they will speak the wonderful works of god in other words they will speak forth for god in their generation in a strict sense the anointed proclamation of the message of the gospel according and appropriately to our generation that is the prophetic voice to the world in the old testament it was all around a towering personality but in the new testament it is all around a congregation composed of young men young women old men even servants anybody of any class any race they are all together as a prophetic community of god's people and there is another difference between the old testament prophecy and new testament prophecy in the old testament if somebody gives false prophecy the penalty will fall squarely on the prophet follow me carefully in the old testament if somebody gives false prophecy the penalty will primarily and squarely fall on the prophet turn with me book of deuteronomy 18th chapter and verse 18 from among their brethren and i'll put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that i command him a 19th words it shall be that whoever will not hear my words which he speaks in my name i will require of him but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name which i have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of the other gods that prophet shall die but people were not responsible they simply followed their leaders the punishment will come on the prophet but in the new testament the responsibility is on the people each individual believer is responsible before god for what he believes that is the testamental difference turn with me to the book of jeremiah where the new testament is just opening up jeremiah 31st chapter and 31st word 
Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with my people. And what is that covenant? Verse 33. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their guard. They shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, saying, Know the Lord, because they all shall know me from the least to the top. There is no wire media now. It is direct. And the Spirit of the Lord comes upon every individual. That is why in 1 John 4th chapter, first verse we read, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many, again encircle the word money. Yesterday I told you, False prophets will always outnumber good prophets. Because many false prophets have already gone out into the world. Now no believer can say, what can I do? I thought he was a prophet, so I simply believed it. Sorry brothers, sorry sisters, in the New Testament, it is on those who receive the prophecy, they are more responsible than the one who gives the prophecy. So all through the New Testament you find, be careful, test them, test all prophesying, hold fast to that which is good. Again and again you find, the responsibility comes on the people of God. Turn with me to First John 2nd chapter, look at verses 26 and 27. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. The anointing which you have received from him abides in you. You do not need that anyone teach you. As the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Suppose I claim to be a prophet. And I speak a prophecy to Brother Ephraim. He should not accept it because it is so-and-so who said it. The Bible says no man needs to tell you this is the truth. You should accept it. This is the right prophecy. You take it. No man needs to tell you. The Bible so clearly says. You have an anointing. Mr. Ephraim, you have an anointing. Why did I not give that anointing to everybody in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament I gave the anointing to all flesh for what? I have put that anointing in you. There is a compass needle that is inside. That needle will tickle according to the right direction. Old Testament, I anointed only the prophets. I anointed only the priests. But in Jesus Christ, we have the triple ministry. Prophet, priest and king together. 
It is the threefold anointing which gave him the name Messiah. The word Messiah means anointed. The word Christ means anointed. Messiah means anointed. Christed means anointed. Messiah is a Hebrew word. Christ is the Greek word. In the Old Testament, it was either given to prophets or to priests or to kings. No one had all three in him. But as far as Jesus Christ is concerned, he is three in one. He came as a prophet from God. He went back to God as a priest. He is going to return as a king. How is it that he alone has all the triple ministries? The Bible says he has anointed him above all his fellows. He has given him the spirit without measure. In Christ we have received that gift of that anointing. So in the Old Testament, a false prophet is responsible for false prophecy. But in the New Testament, a believer who believes in false prophecy is responsible for believing that which is not true. Oh, this is an awesome responsibility. Any privilege brings with it responsibility. Now whatever may be the type of prophecy, you know, there are two types of prophecy in the New Testament. One is prophets who are itinerant prophets. They are for the total body of Christ, universal body of Christ, translocal body of Christ. And there are other prophets who are tied up to a local church. So when we say prophecy for the whole church, it is usually called the ministry of a prophet. But when it operates on the local church level, it is called the gift of prophecy in operation. This seminar to just make you understand how and where you could be deceived so that you always stay alert and vigilant. We'll continue our study in the next segment. God bless you.